0: This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by One Ascent. God has created every single person and every square inch with immeasurable dignity. And every day, businesses impact these people and places in powerful ways, either causing them harm or helping them flourish. Our trusted sponsor, One Ascent, exists to help investors consider who a business impacts and how they're impacted. More than likely, your values inspire why you invest, whether it's to provide for your family, put your kids through college, or prepare for the next stage of life. One Ascent believes your values can also inspire how you invest by directing your investment capital into companies that positively impact the world. Whether you invest on your own or work with an advisor, One Ascent's comprehensive values-aligned solutions seek to help you do well by doing good. To explore a new way of investing that aligns with your values, visit OneAscent.com. Click on Analyze My Investments on the homepage to tailor your portfolio to what truly Truly matters to you.
1: Did you ever have the feeling that you wanted to go, but still had the feeling that you wanted to stay? I'm Rob West. That's a lyric from a popular song of the 1940s, but inaccurately describes how many investors feel these days about the market. Should they stay or should they go? I'll talk about that with Cole Pearson today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, it's a delight to have Cole Pearson with us today. He's president of Investment Solutions at One Ascent, which is a family of companies in the faith-based investing space and an underwriter of this program. Cole, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Rob. Cole, we get asked a lot, should I get out of the stock market? That's probably because of fear of recession and, of course, all of the volatility we've experienced as of late. So how do you answer that?
2: Well, Rob, the question, should I get out, implies you have to answer another question. When do I get back in, right? That's right. So uh, in in times like these, there's a a great quote to remember. Investing is about time in the market, not timing the market. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, one of the most powerful tools that can help investors combat fear and emotional decision-making, which is certainly uh, one of the things that we see in the marketplace today, is to have a philosophy or maybe some guiding principles that are actually determined ahead of time that's that good. helps you make decisions when uh, fear and emotions take over. So for us at One to we use three overarching principles and I'm happy to share those. they the first would be values based. Mm. We believe that God created us to be thoughtful stewards. And so as we're stewarding what we uh, believe to be his assets, shouldn't we think about aligning those with companies that bless people instead of causing harm? So that's a guiding principle. Yeah. Number two is globally diversified, you know, uh, Diversification predates the stock market. It's often talked about uh, in modern portfolio theory, but Ecclesiastes uh, 11.2 actually says, divide your portion among seven or eight, for you know not what calamity may come. So one of our principles to remember is to diversify. The third principle that we use at 1 Ascent is long-term. We find that you know, given time, maintaining that long-term perspective is key. We believe that investors who can talk with their advisor, uh, talk with other counselors, who choose the right allocation and can stay the course ultimately are the ones who find the most success. Mm. There was a, a study uh, that JP Morgan did a few years ago that actually found that the average investor underperforms a moderate portfolio by 3% per year over 20 years. So to put mm. that into some dollar terms, if you started with $100,000 over 20 years, you would have missed out on 125,000 of growth. So a wow. difference of 78%. And that's largely because the average investor makes below-average decisions, right? You've got a 50-50 chance to get out at the right time and also to get in at the right time. So when you take those two 50-50 decisions, both of which are a coin flip, you've got a 25% chance of success. If you're thinking about when to get out or should I get out, you also need to think about the long-term implication of that of when I get back in. hope that makes sense.
1: It really does. And I think that's really helpful. And I love those overarching principles, because if the purpose of money is to accomplish a set of goals, money being a tool, those goals need to be first informed by our values, right? And so I love that you start there, but then you add to this uh, the idea of diversification, but that long time horizon and really thinking long term, Cole, is essential to really having the staying power in these difficult gold times, right?
2: Absolutely. That's right.
1: Yeah. So we're going to continue to unpack this just around the corner. The question that is on most folks' minds is what about a recession? Are we going to have one? And if most economists think we will, what can we do to recession proof our portfolio? Uh, Cole's going to weigh in on that. What about dollar cost averaging? That's a term we throw around a lot. And we want to unpack that as well so we can talk about what it looks like to be systematic in your investing and uh, what are the benefits of that. And then What about poor performance? And let's circle back to this idea of values-based investing as well, where we can really talk about aligning our values with the capital that we're deploying through our 401ks and our investment portfolios every day. We may not realize as believers that we have an opportunity to align our values with our investments. Well, there's a whole growing industry around that for Christians to do just that. Cole Pearson's our guest today. Cole is president of investment solutions at one ascent a family of companies in the faith-based investing space and they're also an underwriter of this program much more to come just around the corner on whether to stay in the market or go we'll be right back We are grateful for support from One Ascent Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. They manage a comprehensive suite of value-based investment strategies designed to help Christian investors live aligned with what they value most. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. This can be a unique form of worship. More information is available at investments.oneascent.com. That web address is investments.oneascent.com absolutely free. We know you've learned to be suspicious of those words, but really, you can get biblical financial wisdom delivered to your inbox each week absolutely free. Articles, videos, podcasts, and special offers on biblical resources. Nearly 60,000 people receive our free weekly wisdom email, and you can too. Create your free Faith by account by going to faithby.com and click sign up to begin receiving weekly wisdom in your inbox. Delighted to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. Joining me today, Cole Pearson, president of Investment Solutions at One Ascent, a family of companies in the faith-based investing space and an underwriter of this program. We're talking today about staying in the market or getting out. It's a question that a lot of our listeners have been asking as of late. And just before the break, Cole gave us a really helpful process to think about our investing with three overarching principles, namely being values-based, being globally diversified and staying focused on the long term as really the guiding principles so that we don't try to time the market because we know the data says that's a losing proposition. Uh, Cole, as we think about investing right now, of course, there's talk of a recession. So first question would be, should investors be concerned about that? And number two, uh, on the heels of that, can anything be done to, in a sense, recession-proof your portfolio?
2: Well, Recessions are are a fact of life. Uh, They they come and go. That's part of the rhythm of of the capital markets. Uh, And so no portfolio is recession-proof, but there are certainly things that you can do to make your portfolio recession-friendly, perhaps. And and I'd uh, reference back to the the principles, right? Remember Ecclesiastes. Diversification is key. So here are some things that you might be thinking through now uh, based on what our team is seeing in the markets. You might ask this of yourself or your advisor if you have one. One would be, do I have sufficient international exposure?
0: Uh, A
2: lot of times as U.S.-based investors, we we tend to have what's called home bias. We think about and invest in the things that we know. And so the past decade saw U.S. stocks outperform international by an average of about 6% per year. So that home bias worked well, but things move in cycles, right? Um, Mean reversion is what's called the law of gravity in investing. So uh, valuation is one of the primary determinants of long-term performance. Right, just like in shopping, what we pay for, the price we buy it for today, it impacts the long-term uh, outcome. So valuation today in international stocks, they're much less expensive than U.S. stocks. So mm. we need to think about that. Do we have enough exposure there to international stocks? Another would be, uh, am I investing in alternatives or non-traditional assets? That could be things like gold or commodities or hedging strategies, all of which help minimize volatility. You know, one of the biggest risks that we face often as investors is ourselves. Mm. And so the fact that we get fearful and make emotional decisions, anything that helps us minimize volatility or smooth out that ride and the experience that we have with our portfolios, those are all things that help us stay invested. So two things that I would ask again today to think about recession and to make sure
1: you're, you're
2: set up appropriately is do you have the right international exposure and are you using alternatives or non-traditional assets to help minimize volatility?
1: Yeah, and that's a key idea, Cole, because often we think about diversification in investing as just stocks and bonds. And obviously that's important, but we can go beyond that. What types of stocks, you're saying, including international, but even uh, going beyond those two asset classes into others is a way to be further diversified, right? That's
2: right. Those are just tools. Ideally, we like to invest in companies, we like to see those businesses grow and bless people as they grow uh, with their intrinsic business and the way the products and services that they sell. But as investors, we can also use all the tools at our disposal. And so there are other, as you mentioned, other asset classes and things we can do uh, to better protect uh, those portfolios.
1: Yeah. What are some of the benefits, if we can call them that, of investing in a bear market because of what we refer to often as dollar cost averaging?
2: Well, they provide opportunities, right? They provide entry points for us to put money to work. Again, I mentioned valuation being key. That's the price at which you buy a stock or a bond or whatever the, the case may be. So bear markets or recessions, pullbacks in the market, they can provide entry points uh, for investors. So they are a fact of life, uh, right? We can't fear them, but it's important to be prepared in how we respond to them. So being prepared. Number one, you know, we shouldn't invest money that we need for our groceries or, or next month's expenses. We need to make sure that our investment dollars are set up for the long term. Uh, Mike Tyson said famously one time that everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Uh, And so that's what a (laughs) a bear market or recession can feel like. We've certainly experienced that in 2022. Um, But we've got to have a plan. So we can use down markets to sell something at a loss if it benefits our, our tax situation. We can rebalance our portfolios, take advantage of that misalignment to get back in track with our long term plan. We can evaluate that plan uh, is it still the right, right plan? Is it still going to get us to our, our end destination or outcome, whatever goal or outcome that we're looking for? But most importantly, we use the plan to avoid making emotional decisions. So preparation and planning can allow investors to weather the storm and using down markets as a tool, again, to come out on the other side.
1: Yeah. Who wants to buy at the top all the time? So that's a it's a great thought. Uh, you know, Cole, fear of performance may be one of the biggest reasons that believers shy away from faith-based investing. Uh, so how do you convince them that they don't need to worry about that piece of it?
2: Well, I would say that the investors that we serve certainly care about performance. So it's not yeah. that they shouldn't worry about it. Um, performance matters, right? And that's what we're called to do in our jobs is to be excellent. So we've got to perform well. When I hear questions or concerns about performance and faith-based investing, what I really think people are saying is, what will I miss out on if I can't or if I don't buy fill-in-the-blank you know, number of stocks? Sure. Uh, I'm going to miss out on opportunities. And so really just maybe reframing that, every investor has to make some decisions about what they will and won't invest in, right? You, you've got to have a decision-making process to, to, to make those decisions, even the S&P 500 which is often viewed as a passive, you know, quote-unquote, investment option. There's a predetermined you know, criteria list, and there's actually a group of people. Many don't know this. There's a group of people who meet regularly to decide who's in and who's out. So all yeah. investing requires decision-making. Faith-based investing is no different. It's just an approach for deciding what we will and what we won't invest in. But it's an approach that, as believers, uh, it allows us to be good stewards of the assets that God has entrusted to our care. So At one ascent, the way that we combat uh, this, the way we make those decisions, and ultimately hopefully lead to good performance is three things. First, we eliminate companies from our universe whose products or practices are causing harm. So -hmm. we take those out. Those are the ones that we want to avoid. That helps get our metaphorical haystack smaller. But then we evaluate. We're trying to find companies that are meeting our investment objectives. They need to be great investments. And lastly, we elevate those companies who are making the world a better place. Mm. So when we kind of follow this process, we believe this leads to ultimately investing in companies that are two things. First, they're great investments. Again, performance matters. Without margin, there is no mission. We we need to make money. Um, we need to be excellent at that. But we want to be investing in great businesses mm. that through the products, through the services that they offer, are actually making the world a better place. And so thankfully, faith-based investing is a maturing but also a rapidly growing space within our industry, and and the performance concerns are becoming fewer and fewer. There are several great funds that I could point you to that have strong even 10-plus-year track records. And those firms and those funds are debunking that performance myth. But what I'm even more excited about than that is that it seems like every month uh, more managers, more funds are coming out. That way, investors who desire to align their values, their faith, and their wealth, they have options. And so One Ascent is, is one of those, and we're very excited to be a part of this movement um, to perform well, but also to be faithful stewards uh, with what we're doing and the assets that are entrusted to our care, and excited to partner with organizations like yours, like Faith and Finance.
1: Well, we are as well. Unfortunately, we're out of time. We'll have you back real soon. How can folks get more information?
2: Yeah, you can find more information on our website, uh, oneascent.com. will would be the great place to start uh, to learn about values based investing and ways that we could, could potentially serve you.
1: Awesome. Cole, thanks for stopping by, my friend.
2: It was my pleasure, Rob. Thanks for having me.
1: That's Cole Pearson with One Ascent, an underwriter of this program. Again, the website, oneascent.com. That's oneascent.com. Back with your calls just after this. Stay with us.
3: Do you feel like your hands are tied with debt, preventing you from serving God? If you have credit card debt, Christian Credit Counselors can help. Through our debt management program, we can get you out of credit card debt about 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. For more information on how Christian Credit Counselors can help, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Or call 800-557-1985. 800-557-1985.
1: We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance Program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Sound Mind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. Soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm your host, Rob West. The number to call is 800 525 7000. I'm looking forward to hearing from you as we take your calls and questions from across the country. In fact, let's head to South Florida. Hi, Yvette. Thanks for calling today. Go ahead.
3: I have a traditional RA, and it's with Vanguard. And what I'd like to know is I found out that they're heavily into ESG and investing yeah. my money with things that I don't necessarily want them to invest it in. So I want to know if you have any recommendations or if I can take the money and do something else more profitable with it.
1: Yeah, uh, Yvette, thanks for that question. So uh, there's obviously multiple custodians you could use for this account. Um, what do you have there? Do you have a, an IRA or a taxable account? What, what type of account do you have with Vanguard?
3: It's just an IRA, and it's $34,000.
1: Okay. And what is it invested in? Is it actually in Vanguard Funds or is it in something else?
3: It's in Vanguard Funds.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think one of the things you could do would be open an IRA at another institution, perhaps Fidelity would be a great one that's low cost. You'd have access to just about any mutual fund you could imagine. I think mutual fund investing is a great way to go when it uh, comes to managing a sum uh, of around what you're talking about, about $30,000, because you're going to get good, broad diversification among lots of investments, but inside one investment product, which just makes makes it very simple. If you open that account at Fidelity, let's say, the IRA, and then you just call Vanguard and tell them you'd like to transfer your account and you need that paperwork, um, or you could initiate that through Fidelity and they could request that the account be would be transferred. In either case, it would end up in your new Fidelity IRA. That's not a taxable event because you're not taking a distribution. You're just transferring the same account to another institution. And then at that point, it would probably Come over in the form of, well, you could either transfer it with the Vanguard funds in place or you could liquidate them ahead of time and it would come over as cash and go into the money market. And then at that point, it would be, uh, you know, you would have to determine um, how you want to then invest it, which mutual funds you would use to do that. Are you looking for some faith based investing funds or would you like to take a more traditional approach?
3: I'm more of a traditional, a more traditional approach.
1: OK, so our friends at soundmindinvesting.org could be helpful to you. They could give you uh, several mutual funds to consider that would be appropriate for your age and risk tolerance. And at that point, you would just once the money gets into that new IRA, at, at my suggestion was Fidelity, then you would make those purchases and begin to move into those new funds at that point. Does that make sense?
3: Yes, it does. Let me ask you one question that'll follow up with that. Does that mean that I would choose what funds I wanted them to, the, to invest it in?
1: You would. Is that what you're looking for or would you like a different approach?
3: Actually, I think it would be easy for me to get a different approach because I'm not that familiar enough to really, there are certain funds I know of, but not enough to really do it myself.
1: Okay. And that's where soundmindinvesting.org could be helpful because they can actually give you the funds to invest in as well.
3: Okay, I'll will can contact them. Thank you so much. You really help right. me out. right,
1: you're welcome, Yvette. Thanks for calling today. God bless you. Eight hundred five two five seven thousand is the number to call. We've got some lines open today. We'd love to hear from you. The Tennessee. Hi, Judy. Go right ahead.
3: What do you think about if someone, what my mother would call, rob Peter to pay Paul? And what I mean is, I get my zero percent interest credit card and then I paid off all the other credit cards that might have an interest on them and I've done this several times and right right now I've got a total of about eight thousand just on what I put them all on one card and now I've got 15 months to pay it off at zero percent um, I did have to pay a three percent balance transfer but um, I've done that quite a few times in the last 30 years. <laughs>
1: Yeah, let me ask you this. Is the, is the balance really ever declining, or is it, are you just kind of maintaining it because you're continuing to add to these cards?
3: It depends which year it's been. I mean, some, yeah. some years I get them all paid off, and some years I don't, because now that you know, we're in Social Security, it makes it much more difficult because we don't have the money we once had to, to pay sure. off.
1: Sure. And, uh, no, I certainly understand. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of this approach because usually it involves us not addressing the underlying issue, which is spending beyond our means. Now, that's easier said than done. I realize that you're on a fixed income, you have limited resources, things come up along the way that cause you to have to you know, spend beyond what's immediately available. And so historically, you've used the credit cards and you've relied on this balance transfer game at zero percent to kind of float that and minimize the impact on interest. I would rather you get out of debt once and for all and stay that way. So build up an emergency fund of three to six months expenses, and let's pay these credit cards down to zero and really not see those as an option any longer, to fund lifestyle spending, Uh, especially given that it it does have an impact on your credit as you jump around from card to card and keep opening new accounts. And number two, you are paying that 3% charge every time you jump around. So there's a cost to it, even though it's at 0%. So I'd try to eliminate it, get it on a balanced budget and get rid of those once and for all. Uh, Quickly to uh, Indianapolis. Lou, we've just got a little bit of time left. Go ahead.
3: Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm trying to put this into a short question. Uh, This is about retirement, and um, I should be already having a good plan on this. I'm 69, and um, I just wondered if you could tell me a little bit about the differences between an annuity and insurance hybrid policy, uh, maybe using short-term policies but I don't really want any traditional policies as those seem to have been going up in price and there's no end to the payment on it. Although I want to add, I hear that some of these policies can be pretty expensive for the annuities. And um, I know enough to know I want a deferred one so that I won't get it out for a while. And that's, uh, because there 's long life in my family and because i 'm a female i 'd like it to be a pool of money probably five years or more so that 's uh, so if i don 't know if you can quickly
1: uh yeah. kind of summarize. I'd be happy to. The challenge is, yeah, I have very little time, and this can get very complicated, and it probably does require, I'll just say this at the outset, requires you to to get with a a competent financial advisor who can help you think through all this, because you're talking about things that do get sophisticated, and they really are dependent upon your financial situation. Uh, The chief difference between life insurances and, and annuities is that life insurance provides a cash benefit. Uh, for your loved ones after you die, and annuities provide you with lifetime income until you die, and then both include death benefits. The hybrid just pays out part of the policy's death benefit to pay for long-term care, in some cases, should you need it. Uh, We typically recommend you having a life and term life insurance policy, and then buying long-term care insurance separately, usually around age 55 to 60, and then doing your long-term savings in your investment portfolios. But beyond that, I'd connect with an advisor. Thanks for your call, Lou. Well, once again, our time went by way too fast. But tune in next time, and we'll do it all over again. Before we go, I'd like to thank our incredible production team, Amy, Devin, Jim, Robert, Brandy, Rob, and Ben. Couldn't do it without them. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi by and listeners like you.